Hello and uh, welcome to episode five of our Sprucast podcast. Um, this week we've got a special guest. Uh, joining me uh, is with John, as always, and Josh. Um, and we've got uh, Gilbert Mondragon with us today. Um, you all know Gil. Uh, very, very, uh, the work he does is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I've followed him um, for many years now, and I know that uh, many other people do as well. Uh, his work is, well, for want of a better word, it, it's breathtaking at times. It really okay. is. Um, I know that Gil himself is very humble and plays it down a bit. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really tremendous. Um, so I just want to uh, thank Gil for coming on and um, and look forward to seeing all his work in the future. Uh, yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about airbrushes. Uh, we'll probably touch on paints, uh, no doubt inks and um, maybe oils. Uh, so we'll kick things going. Um so we've got a we've, we've got some sort of listed questions, but I wanted to try and keep it a bit more uh, informal rather mm -hmm. than. Um, but I am interested in how you got into this, Gil. Uh, you know, at, at what point as a child did you know you've got a talent for art, or was it something that didn't interest you at all, and it's something in later life you've uh, grown to love? Well. The, the earliest memories I have, and I was thinking about this earlier, um, as I was, I, I, I used to do a lot of uh, charcoal drawing. And and as a kid, uh, you know, I remember seven, eight, you know, coming home from school and, and my, my mom would, you know, she she used to work at the, she cleaning offices and she would bring home like a roll of paper, you know, like regular, you know, like um, it looked like um, yeah. paper that you wrap um meat in you know the pay, that kind oh, of yeah, yeah yeah the waxy stuff yeah but it wasn't waxy it was just paper yeah. you know? okay yeah so um she bring it home to me so i could cut it up and draw on it and my uncle you know the you know uh to encourage me would give me a quarter for every drawing i would do so that's where i started with the drawing um i did that um i, I uh that and watercolors up until i was maybe about 13 14 i wasn't really interested in i liked i remember um when i saw the the and i have the book over here it's drawings by frank frazetta and seeing his black and white is what because with the black and white you know the charcoals the pencils there's a depth you can get that you cannot get with with colors you know mm -hmm. it's just just something about the shadows that you can work with so that's the earliest I have. That's when I started it. And then, um, you know, colors got thrown in that. And when I was about 15, I decided to, well, to, to teach myself how to, how to use oils. I had a teacher that kept trying to push me into oils. And um, I did three paintings in oils. Um, the two of them my mother has, one my sister has right now. And then I got bored with oils. I just didn't want to do them anymore. So... In the in in the intervening years, up until I was maybe about 
22, 23. Um, the city of Chicago used to, uh, every summer they would, um, they would have a competition and they would pay people in their summer to paint murals on walls, you know, like on the, on the railroad viaducts and stuff like that there. Yeah. So I, yeah, got, right. I, got, yeah, I got into doing that also, you know, I was a little hoodlum, so I would tag, you know, stuff and do all that nonsense. But, um, the cool thing about that is, is it got me to learn a little discipline with the colors. Um, again, colors weren't my thing. I didn't get in. I, I just didn't like them. You know? Not because I didn't know how to use them. Um, there's a little people that know me know I have synesthesia. So, you know, colors, I see them all the time. If I'm listening to music, they're right there, you know. So it gives, but it gives me a headache. Yeah. So whenever I see, you know, bright colors and I'm listening to music, it's like, oh, geez, you know, you just can't get away from it because it's there. So I would do the opposite. I'd go the opposite extreme. I would go to black and white. So I didn't because colors were always there, you know. And then about, I guess I was 21 years old. Um, my wife and I, we went to a, um, a local mall. And uh, my daughter was just a baby. She's a few months old at the time, maybe four or five months old. And um, we saw a guy painting t-shirts. You know, doing t-shirts. Excuse me. Um, give me a second here. Let me, let, me, let me pause this for a second. Let me... Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that, Gil. It's not a problem. We, I've, I've got dogs. Um, I love dogs. So, uh, And they're two beautiful dogs you've got there, actually. You're still muted, Gil. <laughs> All right, how about now? Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. My little hellhounds. God, those little things. So we were at this mall, and I went to buy a, um, a onesie for my daughter that was airbrushed. I had a little dragon on there. It was airbrushed. And my wife says, I'm not paying for that. Or she said, basically, we're not paying for it. And I said, why not? She said, because you could do that. And I said, yeah, I'm sure I can. I said, but I don't have an airbrush. So, I mean, at that time, my wife and I, we were, we had just got married. She was, she was 19, you know, I was 21 yeah. and uh, we didn't have anything, man. We lived in a little bitty, the room that the apartment we had was smaller than this room. And um, she managed to script and save some money up and she bought me my first airbrush and I still own it. Uh, it's a Badger 150. <laughs> so, you know, and, and um, I used to use the cans, you know, the, the air cans and stuff. And then I went and got a, a real loud compressor, you know, I put it out in the back porch and I ran the hose all the way through, drill a hole in the, in the back door so I could run the hose, through it, you know, and all that stuff. But I sat down for, for about two weeks to about a month, just back and forth with that airbrush, you know, until I got the feel of it, the hang of it. You know, back then you didn't have the Internet, you know, there were mag you know, there were magazines you could buy. Uh, like airbrush magazine, I can't remember the other one, but there were magazines you could get. Um, there was really nobody to, to to show you how to use an airbrush back in those days. So I basically taught myself how to use one, and then I started selling T-shirts. You know, T-shirts, uh, canvases, panels. You know, started doing all that stuff to help feed the family. From there, it went into the cars. You know, doing uh, low riders. Uh, my my wife's uncles and brothers are all. Uh, car painters. So they owned uh, uh, two of them. Her uncle Bernard and her uncle Rick both owned uh, deal, uh, car car places, you know, auto body shops. Got into that, you know. 
showing you know, for they taught me how to wet sand, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. then from there, I went into the painting, and it just from there it took off. Um, and then I walked away from it. I just got I got bored. I just walked away from it. I had other interests. Um, I used to do motorcycle tanks, and I got I got the. Uh, I had a good friend of the family that I used to do, you know, we do them here. As a matter of fact, this basement, or it's now it's an apartment studio, but this is where I used to do them all. And um, it left a bad taste in my mouth because I I, I got, uh, I got kind of, I wasn't getting paid what I was told I was getting, what, what these things were being sold for. And I was, you know, I'm paying the guy to clear them, but I'm doing all the painting. And then he's turning around, he's charging somebody two, three grand, and I'm getting two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. When I caught and this was a friend of the family's, and when I caught wind of this, you know, I knew my I knew fairly quickly that I was getting ripped off. But you know, when you're when you're hungry, you do just about anything, you know. So I walked away from it. And then uh you know, you know, with the back, I got a bad back. I got, you know, that I just picked up my wife told you know, says it's, you know, it's time to pick it back up. So um, I picked it back up, and, that's, and here we are. As far as the models and stuff is concerned, I didn't want to get into painting um, helmets again and motorcycle tanks and all that nonsense. I just, you know, that's, just, that's a stress that I didn't want to have to deal with. So this started off as a hobby. It's still a hobby. But, yeah, that's that's where we're at now. Yeah, because I, I know uh, you – you have a lot of respect for your wife um and and that comes across in uh many of your videos you can tell that um you know it's just something i i love i love that fact that um so she's like the, the guiding hand at the time that sort of pushed you in in gently in the directions you needed to go she and, still is she still is yeah yeah and i love the fact that um yeah, you, you're, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how to word it. Um, it's my muse. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, what's the saying? Behind every good man is a good woman. Um, uh, and that's true. And, and that is very true. Um, so, I mean, you're, you, you do a lot of Warhammer stuff, don't you? Um, do you play Warhammer? Not at all. I've no. tried it. I've tried yeah. it. Um, I, I think it's a, it's it's. You know, I'm a chess player, so I I I I enjoy it. Oh, you're a chess player. I'm a chess player. Yeah, I love playing chess. Um, uh, but I, I I've tried getting into it. I just it's the the human factor. I don't like arguing with people about. There's a link to this, you know. Yeah. Oh, you can't do this, and then you get you know. There's just that human element to it. Although it's, it's fun. I've watched it. I'll sit and watch people play it. And yeah. then in my head, in my head, I'm going, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this guy here, whatever. I just, I don't have the patience to sit there with someone and play it though. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, um, so, uh, what people listening might not realize is, um, I've, uh, I've followed Gil, um, from when I very first started airbrushing. And um, Gil's probably the sole reason behind some of my Warhammer purchases. Um, I, I I got rather carried I'm away <laughs> and bought uh, an a, uh, an Archaon, mm -hmm. uh, a big three-headed yeah. 
Dragon. Yeah, um, that's my baby, yeah. Yeah, completely out of my league. Completely out of my league. But I saw Gills and thought, yeah, I'm going to have a crack at that. But uh, I will one day. Um, but I have got... Um, nobody else can see this at the moment because uh, obviously we're on a podcast. But I've just bought my first set of Warhammer um, figures. Uh, I'm just, just trying to see where I've put them. I've put them down somewhere. So anyway, can't find them at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I've just bought my first set of Warhammer figures, um, which I've got to paint. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously, I'll be going back over your videos um, that you've got on YouTube. Um, I think my favourite video of yours uh, and my favourite pieces that I've seen so far um, are the are the knights that you do. Your yeah, your knights are very popular. Um, I should imagine you get lots of requests for, you know, how how have you achieved this look? Yeah, um, um, especially especially with the the inner frame, the the body itself, not the not the armor, but the body itself, because um, I have a, a a way of doing that with four or five different colors to make it look. I, see, I I for me those things more they 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 kind of inspire a gothic look to me, you know. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, you see them, I see a lot, a lot of them that are just silver or they paint them chrome or they paint them gold. I, 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 I go in with the bronze. I want them to look bronzish, dirt, you know, you got yeah. different tones of, you've seen them, the different tones yeah. of bronze in there and silver. So you, I want to mix them up that way when you look at them and you turn them, you yeah. see a whole bunch of different colors in there. As, as beaten metal it looks like worn metal and that's what i try to achieve sometimes i'm not i'm not successful and i got to redo them but for the most part i think i've got that you know that part down pat you know as far as the, the worn metal look yeah uh, without a doubt without a doubt i mean I, I look at them and I, i'm just amazed at them and and for people listening i do believe uh gil has or is planning a build, was it a build along you've got coming up with um, a, a pack of knights? Yeah, no, it's, it's this one right here. It's the cat, uh, the knight preceptor Canis Rex. So, um, what I'll do is I'll try and put a link in the description to that um, kit. Um, I'll let Gil tell you a bit now about what he's got planned for that. Um, I haven't done in a long time a build series and and um. I keep getting, and again, I don't play the game, um, but I have people that have watched the videos of me doing that stuff. And there's a, a few people that have, uh, quite a few people that are like, we'd like to see a beginning to end video. Uh, how did you do that? Now I have a, a video, which is it, it kind of funny, but it's a, it's about 15 minutes long and people don't want to wait, watch 15 minutes. Uh, how I do the actual body. And they're like, well, we want to see how you do that. I'm like, well, there's a video up there. But I, they want to see uh, a you take a certain model from, from box to finish. So that's what I'm going to be doing with this one. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, how I fill in all the seams and file them down and, and smooth them out to where I, I you know, how I pick out the, the, the paintwork, so to speak. Um, this one here, I'll probably have some marbling done on the shoulders you know and stuff 
But um, yeah, yeah. So that's how we're gonna do that one. I'm gonna try to limit them to ten minutes each, which is kind of hard to do when you're building and you got a camera overhead and you got to, you know, you film yeah. everything. But I'll you know I'll, I'll film it as I'm doing it and then I'll chop it all up and, and edit and then go from there. But yeah, and that's gonna I, I wanted to start it today, but I've got a few other things here that I need to finish up and then it'll probably be I'll probably start doing it tomorrow. Yeah, so I mean, people can go and they can actually buy this uh, kit in the Warhammer uh, stores. Um, mm -hmm. if, if they want to, they can actually sit and build along. Um, I think I looked at the kit, uh, and I know over here, um, I think it's going for about a hundred pounds in the store. There's two in there, isn't there? Oh, uh, you can make actually with this kit itself, and that's pretty that's cheaper in the UK than you get them here in the States. Um, you can make five different ones with this. So they have um, enough in here where if you just want to do it as the Canix Rex, this one here that's on the box, you can do that. Or you can make it any configuration of the other four that they sell. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. with. I'm going to do the Canis Rex, but there's enough parts here to do enough. You know, you can do any one of these four or five, yeah. I should. And then they have a uh, there's a uh, uh, a cockpit in there where you can open that up and they, there's a little figure that sits in there. All right, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, they are nice. They're nice kits. They are. Yeah. I mean, in this one, I'll probably do a little bit of a little aftermarket. There's a um, on Shapeways, I believe they sell a um, uh, an extender for the waist to bring them up about maybe an inch and a half taller. All right. Um, and there's a few other little odds and ends that I'm going to do on them. But, um, yeah, this should be fun. This should be fun. Yeah. Um, so another thing I want to touch on, uh, obviously, is your airbrushes. Um, you've, you're a big um, advocate of Badger. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe you know um, the Ken. owner. Yeah. yeah. And – Obviously, your presence there is uh, is, is obvious. You, you you've got a lot of badger airbrushes. Um, uh, how did that come? You know, how did you and Ken come to meet? Do, you know, is there any? No, it's 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 like you meet anyone else. I would imagine. Um, um, I started out in 1983, 84 with the badger airbrush. That's the one my wife bought me. 84. Yeah. And then uh, about six months later, she bought me another 150. Back then, the 150s were pretty expensive. Um, yeah. She bought me a 200, and then she bought a, a Posh H. So most of these airbrushes, other than the recent purchases that I have, were purchased by my wife for me. Um, yeah. So Ken, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember how I met him. <laughs> it's just something that happened, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, you talk, you know, throughout the years, you talk, you talk, you know, and you just become pretty, pretty close with them. Um, and, and I, because I, I mean, I use Badger airbrushes. I use them. I also yeah. use Iwatas. I have Iwatas. I have Grex. I have Posh. I have Hydrant Steamback. I used to have, well, the Grex, I used to have a couple of them. I gave them away, but I use just about every airbrush. I, if it's in front of me, I use it. I used to have right off to my right here, there used to be a, a station with about 22 airbrushes on them. Uh -huh. So 
whatever I reached over and grabbed, I knew what was what because I had certain ones with point a 1.2 needle, which is the Greg or the Harden Steamback, the the Iwata Micron, you know, the pot uh, the Sotar. They were all, you know, they were all labeled, you know, by needles. Yeah. So whenever I needed something fine, I would grab that. Whenever I needed a 0.5, it was over here, I'd grab it. So it didn't really matter what I reached for. It was just there, you know? Yeah. But then I started putting them all, because I put them all away. I don't use them all. So I put them all away. And and now the only thing that's in front of me is a, a Sotar and a Patriot. Uh, those are the two that I use the most. Not because they're better. Not because um, I, I'm, because I'm not. Uh, let, let me stress this right now. A lot of people think I'm, I am, um, you know, endorsed or whatever by, by not, not. you know, I'm not, we're just friends, you know, yeah. um, yeah, I should have pointed that out. Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's yeah. okay. I, I try to, I try to, cause a lot of people say, oh, they sponsor you. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, but it's what I use. It's not because it's better. Yeah. It's because I, it's something I've gotten comfortable using throughout the years. I love an Iwata airbrush. Don't get, I love them. But when, for me, for me, now that everybody's different. For me, shooting acrylics through an Iwata airbrush is a pain in the rear end. You know, you get, and, and I'm here in the Midwest, it's humid. It's, you know, it's, it, it gets humid. It gets cold. There's different extremes here. Yeah. So you're, you're, whatever medium you, now if I'm using strictly lacquers or urethanes, I'm shooting with, with whatever. I'll shoot with an Iwata. I'll shoot with a, that's what harder in Steamback or if I'm shooting inks, you know, I love them. Same thing with the Sotar. But my everyday use airbrush are Badger airbrushes. Yeah. So I, and, and how I met Ken, throughout, I, I really couldn't, I, I don't remember. I, I really don't yeah. remember. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm so I'm at a point where my current airbrush is, is not really working for me. So I, I've currently got um, an Apex and I've got an Iwata custom eclipse um so my plan is because uh, what i really want is an airbrush that i can do detail work with um and I, i'm not able to do it with either of those that i've got at the moment so um i'm planning on selling the iwata one because the apex is much better at large air covering large areas um and I, my plan is to invest in a SOTAR 2020. Um, these seem to be all the rage at the moment, the SOTARs. Um, I, this past 12 months, as I, you know, everybody I talk to, uh, at some point, SOTAR comes up. And, yeah, yeah, I'm after a SOTAR. I'd love a SOTAR. And, and uh, what is it that makes that airbrush so different from all the others well the, the the sotar is made for fine details it's a, it's a fine detail airbrush yeah um you can also get the badger extreme or the uh, patriot extreme you know the, the arrow those are all made for fine detail work i believe the extreme comes with a 0.3 needle in there but you can get very, very fine detail with that airbrush. For what we use, um, for what we do. Yeah. And I'll be totally honest with you. A, a Sotar is, is, it's a little overkill, but 
there's a caveat to that. If you're doing um, like uh, camel work, stuff like that, and you want to get in there real fine with that airbrush, I mean, it's right here. If you want to get in there real fine with this airbrush, you can do that. You can also paint an eyeball on an ant with this thing. See, that's what I want. I want um, that. I'm talking figures, uh, small eyeballs, yeah. and now, yeah. now you can do that with a with the so um, and I want a micron also. But this is a fraction of the price that the micron is, and it does for what we do. It does the exact same thing that a micron will do. Yeah, and, and, and I love that small little uh bowl on it yeah yeah and 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 the 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 parts are a lot cheaper you know um yeah. you can i believe in in the uk at barwells i believe the name of the place is yeah. well yeah um the parts are cheaper i mean here in the states for me to buy a needle nozzle combo for an uh for my micro it's going to run me upwards of 110 dollars damn that's I, can, a lot. I can get a needle nozzle combo for this for under 15. Really? Wow. Yeah. The place where um, you get your beats from is about 10 miles from my house. It, oh, well. And here's the other thing. This airbrush is warranted for life. The Badgers, or the, the Iwatas, give you a five-year limited warranty. Yeah. This airbrush, if anything goes wrong with it, now, of course, if you take it outside and beat beat hammers with it or nails with it, you know, you're going to, you know, they'll look yeah. at it and say, oh, we'll yeah. make it. You know. yeah, but if if anything goes wrong with this airbrush, you know it's it's warranted for life. Yeah, I like that. And and if I transfer this over, say I send this to you, this airbrush, this particular one I'm holding in my hand, and I give it to you, and something goes wrong with it, you can send it. In, it's still warranted for life. Wow. So the warranty nice. rides with the airbrush. Um, but it it's it's a it's a fantastic airbrush. Um. Some people tell me it's not as smooth as an as an Iwata, which is true. You know, you know, an Iwata is just butter smooth, you know. But yeah. then, I personally don't feel it anymore. You know, after you use it for a couple of times, you don't you don't feel the difference anymore. You, know, you really don't, you know. Well, it's definitely top of my wish list that is. It, it, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a, it, it's a fine airbrush. Um, they're made very well. Um the Patriot, the 105 is made very well. The one you have, the, 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 the geez, what is it called again? The one from IS, uh, oh, you, uh, you yeah, the one from ISM is the Apex. The Apex, that's that's the that's built on the on the Vega 4000. I have one of those, yeah, damn fine, damn fine airbrush. Yeah, I don't have no problem with it at all. Um, I've, I've, I've damaged the tip a little bit. Um, so you know, it, it needs a new needle in it, really. Uh, probably a new nozzle as well. Um, oh, the needle is it bent. Sorry, is it bent? The needle, yeah, right on the end. There's a tiny little sort of hook. You know, you you know what you do? You get uh, a popsicle stick, a tongue depressor. All oh, right, yeah, break it in half. Yeah, take hold the two pieces, put your needle in there, and just roll it back and forth in there. All right. You take the two pieces like this in your hand, put lay the needle in there, and just roll it and pull it out. Roll it and pull it out. Just keep doing it. It'll straighten that needle out. And then yeah. you can take a little, maybe, I don't know, 4,000 grit or 5,000 grit sandpaper and just polish it back up. Yeah. That'll fix the needle for now. 
Yeah, yeah, until at least until I can get uh, a replacement. Yeah, a new replacement needle for it. Um, so, I, I mean, another thing I want to – so we've, we've got um, – I know that you, like I, uh, have a big interest in promoting the hobby and trying mm -hmm. to teach through the medium of YouTube and, uh, in this case, the podcast. And one of the things that I see that comes up a lot is uh, new people coming into the hobby, um, they see the use of an airbrush and they go and buy, uh, inevitably, most people, unless they've got, uh, unless, unless they're fairly well off, will go with the traditional um, uh, compressor that you see. I think it's an AS186 or something. Um, and it comes with uh, something like 500 free airbrushes. Um, <laughs> uh, just to clarify, it actually comes with two. But. Right. <laughs> um, now then, the airbrushes themselves are the, I mean, that, uh, the compressor's great. I, I've had one, I've used one, I've never had any problem with it. Uh, now, when I first started airbrushing, I took this same route. I got the same airbrushes. I had a really, really tough time um, trying to learn to airbrush. I almost gave it up. Um, at the time, I was uh, with the chaps at ISM, and uh, they recommended that I get, uh, uh, I invest in a better airbrush. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that seemed a silly idea to put more money into something that I was struggling with already. But I was assured that uh, a better airbrush would yield me better results. Um, uh, long story short, I did invest in a better airbrush. I got a Harder and Steenbeck uh, Evolution CR Plus, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, uh, things did go well. Uh, they got a lot better. My airbrushing improved, and um, and I became one of the same people giving the advice that I had just received. Right. Now, instead of just giving that advice out, I tried to look at ways of um, improving them airbrushes that come with them kit when it when it lands on your doorstep. Right. Right. Um, so I've done a couple of things. I used like Brasso. I don't know if you have Brasso over there. It's like a wool. Yep. yep. Um, and I used that on the new needles because I basically what I'd done was I stripped uh, a Chinese airbrush down and I stripped the harder and steam back and I looked at the different parts to see what the, you know, what the big differences was. And the needle with the Chinese airbrushes was very rough. Yeah, they're um, not refined. They're not refined. No, so I spent time and I uh, with the uh, Brasso and I, I smoothed the needle out um, and I found that I got much better results. Um, so I've wandered off tangent here a little bit. Um, my question then is, have you ever... Uh, tried the the cheaper airbrushes. Um, what's yeah. your thoughts on them? I don't like them. Um, I, I'm you. I've had a couple of Vegas. Yeah, someone sent me. They couldn't get them to work. I took them apart. The tolerances were a little different. 
um, they're not milled as well as as say a hard-earned steam, but can I water or a badger grax? Yeah, they're the, the the because they're done cheaply. Um, they don't. I find well, I have found with some of those, not all of them, but the, the cheaper ones that the if you buy if you have three of the same airbrushes, you can't. Sometimes you can't. The the parts don't cross. You know, cross pollinate. You can't use them yeah. on another. I'm not on all of them. I mean, I might be. I'm. I haven't used one in, in well over five years, so they might have fixed it six years, really. But I don't like them because I'm used to if I grab my airbrush. Well, that has to do also with with upkeep and maintenance and stuff. I've used them. I've seen people use them that produce fantastic artwork, but they don't keep them long. Um, I know a guy. He has a, a YouTube channel called Awaken Realms. This brother uses the cheapest airbrush money he can get, and he produces some fabulous work. But when you watch him work, that airbrush looks like it's been it's been at a hippie compound. There's he never cleans the outside. It's just when he's done with it, he throws the whole thing away and just opens up another one. Wow, <laughs> you know because that's that's how cheap they are. I mean, you can yeah. get them that. You know, um, I mean, I've seen them. You can get them for twenty, thirty dollars on on eBay. You know, um, maybe yeah. even less. Than that. The ones uh, um, that come with those air compressors, you know, same thing, same thing. Um, yeah, you, you, they're virtually, they're basically free. You're paying for the air uh, compressor. Yeah, yeah I would, I would use them just, you know, I mean, just to practice with them. You know, you get to to, to know how to take one apart and put it together. But what I used to tell people is, you know, they'd ask me, Gilbert, what's the best airbrush? Which one should I get? Or they tell me, I've got this one, this one, this one. Which one is the best one? And I used to tell them, and I still do that to this day, the one that's the best one is the one that's in your hand. You know, because, yeah. again, I've seen people use some of the cheapest airbrushes money can get, and they produce some fantastic work. I've seen people go out and buy the most expensive eyewater, which is the Micron, and they can't use it for squat. They can't. They, they, their, their artwork looks like. Like a little child throwing his diaper on onto a wall, um, so yeah, whatever's whatever works for you. Um, but I I would always tell people, you know, upgrade to a better airbrush, and your experience will be a lot better. But that's also that also comes with learn how to maintain that airbrush, because it's not just you pick it up, you put an air source to it, put some media to it, and shoot it. There's other things that go in there. You got to clean it. You got to keep it clean. You got to keep it. You know. So clog free, you got to keep the tip of the of the airbrush, you know, polished out real good, you know. Um, and don't do not never put uh, lube in the air valve. Never do that, especially that super lube. I won't mention the name, but the super lube because it'll just yeah. gum up. It'll gum up a, 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 an air valve really bad, you know. I see guys they'll they'll tell you. I see a lot of videos. Oh, take the the needle and 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 oil up the whole needle. Lube the whole needle. No, you not you never lube the whole needle. The only thing you need to lube is the very tip of it. You know? Or now, I, I am I am actually guilty of this. Um I bought now there's two types of lube out that that are that I know of. Um one comes in a tiny little tube. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say who makes it. Everyone right. will know. Right. Uh, stuff. One, yeah. one comes in a bottle. That stands up it's got a little red cap on the top mm -hmm. now initially i bought the little tiny tube 
and that stuff was dreadful. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I used it. Um, I can't remember for the life of me what it caused some problems. I can't remember what it was exactly. So I moved to the other one, mm -hmm. and I've, I've got that in the drawer. Um, and uh, my problem with that was I watched a video on somebody on how to use it. Now, unbeknown to me, they'd got it wrong. So I was lubing the whole the whole needle and then somebody somebody messaged me and said mark look look at the instructions on the side of the bottle so i looked at the instructions and and basically you've not got this stuff does not like paint um it's like a repellent so you you've not got to get it anywhere near that paint chamber or uh, you know, and I'd been putting it on the the whole needle, yeah, yeah. and wondering why I was having problems um, painting. Well, uh, the second one you're talking about, and I'll mention the name of it, is is the Red Gap, right? Yeah. Okay, that's that's made by Badger. Um. Yeah, yeah. that that is a a thinner version of the other one, and the other one has a tendency to start to gum up. Yes, and when, yeah. And when you lube the whole needle of that, and that needle is moving back and forth, you 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 inevitably are going to get some of that lube inside the air valve. Um, I also see videos where guys are, you know, now these are people that that should know better, and they're telling people, oh, you put a drop of that that uh, super lube stuff or any lube in your air valve no never 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 lube an air valve because that it'll just gum it up and then you got problems with the trigger sticking and then you don't realize what's going i mean i've ended up with guys they sent me an, an airbrush here oh I, I can't do this anymore you can have it i don't want it no more and you know what i did I take the air valve out as soon as i touch it take the air valve out clean it i got a good airbrush now because they've been putting that that lube in there like that the only thing you should do is about I don't know. I know you can't see it, but maybe about three quarters of an inch of that tip of that uh, um, that that needle. That's all that needs to be lubed. Once yeah. you, shoot, with the good thing about the red gab is once you shoot, it it doesn't bother the paint. It doesn't. It shouldn't interact with the paint. The other stuff, man, that doesn't like paint at all. I mean, you'll get fish no. eyes. Your paint will fish. You know, fish eye, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, so I, I basically I've I've lost my questions. I've also seen people use gun lube on on a needle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you out of your mind? Are you insane? That stuff does not come off. I mean, it it doesn't. You know, the 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 one with the red cap that you're talking about, the red gap. That stuff is formulated to when to to interact with that paint when it shoots out there. You know, it's not going to uh, do anything to uh, to uh, you know, um, affect the paint. You put gun lube on there. Gun lube is gun lube, man. It's a, it's meant to stick, you know, and unless you wipe it down and wash that old thing down and, and get in there and clean that out, it's not coming off, off of the internal parts once you get it on there. And you, you really don't need to be lubing up an internal parts of an airbrush like that. You really shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, you know? Yeah. It's, um, here we go. So, so while Mark's figuring out his next question, so 
safety, right? Mm -hmm. When do you put on, and I know you have a really good extractor. So when do you put a mask on? If I'm not airbrushing here, when I'm doing something live with you guys or a hangout or whatever, 99% of the time I have a, a, a mask on. Um, especially if I'm shooting clears. I don't care what kind of clear it is. It could be um, the Gauzy. It could be Aqua Gloss. It doesn't matter. I'm putting a mask on. Um, lacquers, your things, to me, a paint, um, stuff like anything that I'm, I'm mixing with a solvent, you know, with, with, with an additive. I put a mask on. Um, I, I've been, I, I've gotten away from doing it because I've been painting here at my desk and I'm trying to get away from that. But whenever I, uh, if I'm going to hang out and I'm painting, I'll turn and I'll just, I have a, a garbage can with one of those uh, dog wipes, dog uh, potty pads on it. It's right behind me and I'll spray into that. But then I go blow my nose and it's like Technicolor. So I try not to do that, but it, you should, you should, it doesn't matter if it's an acrylic, it doesn't, you should have some form of, even if it's just one of those little cheap, you know, air, you know, paper mask, you should have something on. Yeah. I mean, so, some, yeah, I've got a, I've, see, I've got a mask. It's a full, uh, it's not full face, but it's one of those with the canisters on. Um, so I use that um, when I use 2K for, for certain. Um but I tend not to use one for acrylics. I do have uh, a spray booth, which I turn on uh, to try and vent. Um, you know, if I'm painting something big, by big I mean maybe a car body that generates a lot of overspray, um, then I will use an extractor. But if I'm doing, uh, I don't know, say, say it's just a small figure, a warhammer then i will do that i just do that over the bin next to me yeah. um, you, um, you should especially if you're using a um i don't know a vallejo thinner uh, uh flow aid uh whatever you should have one on because eventually yeah. you know you're breathing that in it doesn't matter if you're doing it over something and it's away from you you're atomizing that yeah um, when you you know i know i see a lot of guys and i've been guilty of this i'll clean my airbrush out with my either a uh, I have a homemade cleaner or and I've got some stuff here that, that Badger gave me to try out. Those are chemicals, you know, so you're breathing that in, yeah. you know, um, it doesn't matter. You know, you're breathing it in and, and it might not get you in a week or so, but eventually, you know, if you, I, I airbrush a lot. So, yeah. you know, you're breathing all that in and then, and the way you know you're breathing it in is after you airbrush, do an airbrush session, wipe down your desk, wipe your desk down. You take a paper towel, put a cleaner on it, wipe your desk down, and then look at look at the, what's on that paper towel. And then you think about think about kids in a bedroom. Yeah, you know, yeah. if like if you're painting or airbrushing in your bedroom with an extractor, mm -hmm. all that stuff's not going away, and then you're going to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a a pretty pretty elaborate extractor in the other room. Um, it, it's a pretty expensive one. My wife and my kids bought it for me for Christmas many years ago. And when I shoot 2K clears or lacquers or whatever, you can still smell it in this room. It, yeah. it, all of it goes out, a good part of it. But I'm, I'm back here, and every now and then, you know, you'll get a little blowback. So you still smell it. It's still in the air. Yeah. So, you, you know, like you said, you wear a good, a good respirator with the canisters. 
But if you're shooting, you know, like a, a paint, you know, I mean, I again, I forget about it. I've got it sitting right here. It's, I'm looking right at it. And every now and then I'm too, I just don't reach up and grab it to put it on. It's just one of those cheaper paper mask ones, you know. And I'll just throw that on and spray because I've got bad, especially this time of year with my allergies. That's the last thing I need to aggravate them, you know, because <laughs> um, it'll aggravate your allergies if you're, if you have allergies, but yeah. you should wear, you know, to, to make, we said all that to say that you should, you should get in a good habit of, of wearing an extractor or, or some kind of mask. Like when my grandson comes on to paint, believe me, I throw a mask on him. He's, he's not painting without a mask. And I don't care what it is, you know, yeah. and I think you should have the mask and the extractor. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, I have both. It in my garage. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, garage door and fan it all out. Mm -hmm. But like, I walk inside my house through the garage door. You still smell and, it, and it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's it's like aerosol um, primers. I, I go out in the garden to to prime with them aerosol primers, and I leave them to dry off in the sun for half an hour or whatever, and I bring them in, and they're only in the house about five minutes, and the, we've got a big front room. Um, th this is our front room. It's about 21 cool. feet long, um, mm -hmm. and you, they stink the room out, and, and that's after they've dried. Um, yeah, well, they're still they're still uh, uh, bleeding out. They're still curing. So you're gonna always, especially if you use an enamel or a lacquer, you know, you'll still smell them. Especially the enamel. Oh God, that thing that, that hasn't an enamel won't cure for weeks. It'll take weeks for that to, to, to cure. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I did actually watch. Uh, now I don't know. Uh, it, it was a, a channel. I put I put it up in, in the spruce surgery uh, waiting room. There's a guy I believe is in California, and he, he deals solely in uh, doing uh, top coats and things like that. And he he gave a whole video on um, finishing. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert in this in any way, shape, or form. But the basic basic uh, what he was saying was people go and they paint their surface of whatever they're doing. They'll leave it to dry for, uh, I don't know, 24 hours. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe they've got high humidity where they're at. Oh, yeah. And although oh, yeah. it feels touch dry, it's actually still moisture underneath or whatever yeah. it is. It's still yeah. wet yeah. underneath. Yeah. It hasn't cured, but because they think it's touch dry, they then go and seal it um, and then wonder why there's problems later. Um, and this is something I've only just sort of uh pick you know this was the first and it totally made sense what he was saying oh yeah oh yeah like if i cure so if i shoot something with a 2k i'm not touching that for days i'm gonna let it sit for a few days and i'm in a high the humidity here i mean here in illinois it could it could range anywhere between 67 and 90 you know so depending i have a, a dehumidifier in this room and in the other room but it, it still and, and that and that can go for acrylics any any paint substrate that you lay down you know yeah. um you, depending on the environment you're in it's gonna take a time for that stuff to cure you should especially if you do car bodies you know like cars and stuff like that and you're gonna go in and wet sand all that stuff you need to let it sit for a while you know before you start monkeying with it you know so, so when you're doing your figures and you apply a primer um how long would you leave that before you started laying colors down on top <laughs> <laughs> that all depends on how quick I wanted to get it done. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If I'm using, uh, say, Tamiya, you know, in, in a rattle can, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I hit it with a, with a heat gun, you know, yeah. and, and then I'm throwing it. But I'm throwing acrylics on top of it. Right. Same thing with the Steinle res. You know, um, say I'm painting this little guy right here, this little Warhammer cat right here. Yeah, I'll I'll, hit, I'll I'll prime it and then I'll hit it with an airbrush or a, a hairdryer, and then once it's dry to my touch, then I'll start painting on it. You shouldn't yeah. really do it, but I'm in a hurry to get it done. You know, um, this car body. You know, I'll I'll hit it with a primer. You know, the Steinle resin. And I'll let it sit for a day or so, um, because I'm gonna go in there and start monkeying with it. I'm gonna start scratching at yeah. it. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it all depends on what I'm doing. Um, it, it really depends. If it's something small, like a 28 mil, almost immediately. Um, if it's a 54 mil, even those bigger ones that I'm doing, you know, those big, those bigger, uh, like the Catwoman and the Lady Deadpool, stuff like that there, I'll hit it with a, with a primer, and then I'll just let them sit off. I'll, prime, I'll build them up, prime them, and let them sit on a thing until I'm ready to paint them. Yeah, that cat woman's beautiful. Um, yeah, she, she ends up. She's at the at the. I gave her to to Badger. She's at their 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 um, warehouse now. In the case now, she's no longer. She no longer belongs to me. I gave her to them. I'll do another one though. She is. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was watching that. Um, so um, where are we? So John, I'm sorry, John. You got any questions for Gil? Oh, basically, Gil started doing the same sort of things. My first airbrush is a 150 Badger, and I've still got it. I still use it. That's a great airbrush. Right. I use uh, Badger 200 for doing most of mm -hmm. the uh, undercoats because it's brilliant for that. You get a lot of paint out in a relative short time and stuff. And, yeah, the uh, the lubes and stuff, I use the same one, same as I showed you, the, mm -hmm. uh, the Badger one and stuff. Uh Laying paint down before you start top coating, same as Gil and stuff. I um, started off printing t-shirts, silk screen at school. Mm -hmm. Wow! Then I started. Rivers. I started off doing t-shirts because back back in the days, then back in the early eighties and stuff, you got the monsters of rock. Yeah. And it was expensive to go to the concert, so you mm -hmm. to get one waiter to got the money to go and buy a t-shirt. He'd bring it back, work out how it was made, and I'd make. Various layers of screen printing up, and I copy the T-shirts. <laughs> within a week of the concert, the old school was walking around in Monsters of Rock T-shirts, yeah. and uh, it went from that and uh, to doing uh, album covers and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, painting murals, and pictures on the backs of leather jackets. Yep, yep, done that. Yep. Into doing motorbike tanks. Yep. Then I did a couple of lorries. And when I came to do my uh, final art exam, my art tutor had to uh, approach the examination board to ask for a dispensation because oh. none of my work was on paper. <laughs> right? My crowning masterpiece for my O-level art exam was a Ford Capri bonnet with a bald eagle painted up like on the uh, American cars. Mm -hmm. Right, but I did it in full color, not just the outline. And I had motorbike tanks, helmets, and stuff, and uh, that developed. So pretty much running roughly down the same sort of lines as Gill's done. 
Yeah, I know you guys probably won't, they won't see this on on the on the podcast, but that was the last oil painting I ever did. Oh wow. my god, that's yeah, wow. Yeah, my sister owns that now. She refuses to give it back to me. <laughs> that was the last one on canvas that I did, and that was done with oils and, and brushes. Do you sign your work, Gil? Do you, do you put some sort of mark on it so you know? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, um, um, yeah, my name. You're talking about like the stuff I do now or the, the yeah, stuff I yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, stuff you do now, models, oh, yeah. whatever. Do you... if, if I do a commission piece, you know, I've done about, I don't know, like with those Titans, I've done about, oh, I got a storm coming through here. I did about, uh, I have three that, that I've kept, um, but I've done about 14 of them. And anything I do for someone, I have decals that have a dra the, my logo, the Red Dragon logo. All right, yeah, yeah. On the bottom of, yeah. of uh, the, the base, I'll put that on there and I'll clear it real good. And then I put one on the inside, like say the Night Titan, there'll be one on the inside. Um, and then I sign the bottom. But yeah, yeah, I, I sign my stuff. Yeah. Because I, I've learned, I learned real quick that... Uh, if you don't, you end up seeing them at a show and they're yeah. pushing them off their own. Yeah. And, and and I honestly, and I truly believe this, that uh, in, in years and years to come, long after we've gone, I, I think that your work will be um, quite valuable. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, no, I really think that. I really think yeah, that. Uh, I, I, um, I, I surround myself with, with some very good, and talented people yeah there's some and i get inspiration from all of them yeah um, you, i mean i've seen um james is it james, james oh my god well i've seen him do things with a paintbrush that i he he's got what he calls a slop palette and yeah. he comes, you know, he, yeah. he's, he's he's trained as an artist but he's got what he calls a slop palette and there's just i i remember the first time i saw it it's just his palette, and there's just paint everywhere. Yeah. So he's the only person I, I've ever been able to watch that can take a cheap air uh, paintbrush and just dip it in whatever he's doing, and he's just, you know, and it comes out beautiful. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to bring that up with you because he he, he um, I watched a video of his only uh, two nights ago, and everybody says – when, when, you know, one of the questions I used to ask was, um, how small a brush can I get? You know, I'll go 10-0, 20-0, and then I heard of a 100-0 one, and I thought, got to get that. But um, then I began to realize that I'm going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to be going up. And so I, I started to use, uh, a, you know, single zero, number one, number two, and then I watched James, and he comes out with this cheap pack of brushes that he's got that he's paid, I don't know, $5 for. Oh, no, mm -hmm. they that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he says, yeah, you want a number six. So he gets his number six out, and he, he's sort of bucking everything that I thought I knew and spinning it on its head. And saying, look, you can do this with a number six, and it's not an expensive brush. And then he goes and does some, he, he's doing these um, archer, uh, he's doing these archer men. Um, mm -hmm. 
from Warhammer and they've got like this blue metallic look to them. Um, and he, he's doing this with, with it's just incredible to watch. Um, and, I've, learned, I've, I've learned a lot watching him. So does not, he influence you? Oh yeah, big time, big time. Uh, um, people like him, Lynn Stahl, um, there's there's quite a few of them. Um, um, yeah, because I, I, I watch you, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. You inspire me. But then I thought to myself, where does Gil go to get well, most? Most of the stuff I do is with an airbrush. A good 80% of what you see me do is done with an airbrush. But I do use a brush. I'll go in there and 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 I'll do I'll I'll, I'll highlight stuff. I'll go in with fine details sometimes with a brush, because there's some things you want to do with a brush that you don't want to do with an airbrush. Not that you can't do it, you just don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, my skin tones are all done with an airbrush. You know, oh. I do them with airbrush because I like the smoothness of them. You know, yeah, stuff like that. There, um, I use more inks than he does. You know, I'm 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 a I use a lot of ink. You know, um, I get yeah. a lot of colors with inks, like that dragon I just finished. Um, that was done with a um, badger Steiner as a, a a neutral color, and then I went in with inks. You know, and then yeah. started my colors with inks. Um, but yeah, he people like that influence me because I can see what they do with color. You know when they're what they're doing with color and how they're using the color. And and that's with a brush, but you can transition that to an airbrush. You can always transition that to an airbrush. You might not get the same effect they're getting because they're going in there with a little brush and they're just moving the paint around. But it still influences what you're doing. So it's people like that. I watched uh, some of the high-tier figure painters. I love their work. I love it. You know, um, but I'm not as good with a brush as they are, you know, and, and some of the stuff they do like these little 28 mil figs, these things drive me nuts. I, I, I don't like painting them. I do it, but I don't like it yeah. because just, you know, it's for me, it's time consuming. And then I see somebody like James take this thing and in, in a hangout, in a live hangout, he'll do 30 of these. Yeah. I, I watched him do this incredible thing. Uh, only I think it was last night. Um, uh, it was in one of your hangouts. Friday so night. Yeah. He'd got these women that he was painting, and I, Friday night. Yeah. He he. So he picked this. Uh, he picked this uh, piece up, and he paint. He'd do uh, a little bit of highlighting down a thigh or an arm. And then he puts that down and he picks another one up. It, there's no connection between some of these figures. Um, some are Warhammer, some are, yeah. uh, are nude women, um, artistic. They're not, you know, yeah. not. Right. Uh, and, and then he'd go to that and he'd do a bit of highlighting here, a bit of shadowing there, put that one down, pick another one up. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah, um, it's, he doesn't like to waste paint. Whatever, you know, he comes from that school, you know, whatever's on that palette. He can use it on other stuff. So he'll have, I've been to his home and, and I'll tell you what, the, the room he's in is, is a small bedroom. I don't know how he gets it because he's, he's a tall man. I don't know how he gets his big lanky frame in that room because it's just, there's figures everywhere, everywhere in that room. I mean, there's literally thousands of them. And he'll sit in front of them and he's probably got about 30 or 40 in front of them. And whatever paints on that palette is what he's going to use to paint those paints. Those yeah. figures. And, and he's and, mixing his own color too. Yeah, he mixes his own color. That see, that's the other thing. You know, when you start watching these guys, 
and and this is not a knock on them, but a lot of them are sponsored by big game companies or or uh, paint companies, and, and they're pushing that line of paint. Yeah, that I line of, in that line of paint, though. Yeah, and that line of paint is not just for everybody. Like the other day, we were uh, someone asked me a question. Um, I think it was Joe McCaslin, and he says, "Well, Gil, what paint should I get?" And I I kind of hesitated because I didn't know what to tell him. And someone brought it up. They said, Gilbert, you just really grab paint because of the color, not because of the brand. And I said, well, yeah, that's the way I paint. It's not because yeah. I'm, I love uh, Vallejo. Don't, they, get, they make good paints. I love the Citadel paints. Uh, you know, I, I have in front of me, there's Citadel, there's Vallejo, there's Reaper, um, there's P3. I have Scale 75 in front of me. Uh, there's all kinds of off-brands here and there. I mean, it just whatever color it is, that's what I'll use. Um, <laughs> and James, I like him because he'll tell you, ah, he does, you know, how oh, the hell with that color? Just use this, and you know. Yeah. So he, he kind of, he kind, you know, we're about the same age. I think I'm a few years older than him, but he brought me back to my old day, to my youth, learning colors again. You know, learning how to mix and match and just go with what I have things that I had forgotten people like that help reinforce. So those are the people that I look towards, you know, it's guys yeah. like that. Plus there's a few airbrush artists, but they're more in the, in the, the, the you know, they're, they're higher, you know, they they don't do figures. They do uh, uh, portraits and stuff like that. Those are the people that influence me. You know? so, so if you had to right, so if you had to pick uh, just one brand of paint, you were told you can only keep one brand of paint. What would it be? Vallejo game color. That was quick. I like well, I like the game color. It's it's yeah. it's it's highly pigmented. Um, there's a very big range of them because I, I I'm at the point now where I don't want to mix paint, but I do it. You know, I, I mix yeah. colors. Um, but Vallejo, I, I like the Vallejo game color. Um, so what like I paint. for the stuff I do, um, I can't. If that's all I had to use, that's what I would use. But if yeah. you see. Like like some of the things I use, there's like four four or five different uh, brands of paint on everything. You'll never see something I paint. There'll never be just one paint, you know, because I I use anything from Createx to to Vallejo and all everything in between, you know, on on, on a piece that I'm doing and ink, yeah. a lot of ink. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so all of your models out of everything you've built, what's been your favorite? What what is there one piece that stood out? Um, that you've uh, has been head and shoulders above the rest. You've thought, "Wow, that is," you know. You've for me, it's uh, currently Dobby. I've, I've done Dobby. I'm, I'm, I'm it really. Would, it, him, but. It, it would have to be um, the Archeon, the purple Archeon. I did. I really oh. love the way that. I love the way that purple came out. Um, that was a. Um, I, I said again. I have synesthesia, so I sat down and I was listening to some, uh, the group Chicago. And there are yeah. certain songs on it. I just close my eyes and I'm watching the colors. I mean, some people see a spot here, a spot there. Mine tend to blend, you know. So there's a certain part of the, of the song at, towards the end where the, the colors all started to blend. And I tried to recreate what I saw, you know, what I saw in my head. And I kept yeah. playing that song over and over as I was airbrushing it. And I think that the Archeon, um, I mean, the uh, for me, um, I mean, the other people will say different, but for me, that's the one that I like the best. Is the arc? She's sitting in the back there, the, the yeah. big purple. 
because I, I, I love number one, I love the color purple, but I love the way that the, the blends came out. That that to me is probably the best one for so, me. So the the colors you see, just touching on this again, um, is it like uh, are you see? I'm, I'm trying to understand it. Um, the notes, the notes, music notes. I see so music. When, when music's playing, do you actually see uh, colors in the air in front of you, or yeah. is it more in your mind's eye type thing? Or? It's right here, right in front of me. It's, wow. it's not. It's not here. It's like in the in the on the peripheral. Yeah. Uh, the best way I can describe it to someone is rub your eyes real hard. And then oh I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the little spots, but yeah, I get that with uh, with music or any kind of musical mm -hmm. tone. Um, I've <laughs> funny thing is um, certain people when I talk to them, I see it because yeah. of the way they talk. You know, they, they got that sing song voice. I see it, um, but yeah, music. It's it's usually mu You know, when I'm watching, I could I, I also got uh, that I could taste. It. It's like a copper taste on the back of your throat. You know, like you're sucking on a penny. You know, yeah. That's so, a, you know that's a very I would assume that's rare. Um, I think one percent of the population has it. I I didn't for many years, man. Um, when I was a kid, I used to tell my mother that. <laughs> my mother thought I was possessed. She really did. Um, yeah. When she was in her her, her her Jesus Save days, um, but um, I was in my early thirties and I um. I have it gives me headaches. So yeah. if especially if I'm listening to that heavy metal stuff, that gives that just the riot of colors that I see gives me a headache. So that's why I don't like it. Um and I, I was talking to a doctor about it and he started laughing. He thought it was funny. And I said, Well, what's funny? He says, You know you what you have, right? So he gave me a couple of I went to see an opto ophthalmologist, you know. Yeah, and they did the eye, made sure I didn't have anything wrong with my eyes and stuff. And the ophthalmologist says, you know, you have what's called synesthesia. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, well, what the hell is that? And then he started, he, 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 he was asking me certain questions. Do you know, do you do this? And he put his radio on. He says, tell me what you see. And then he had that, you know, he's checking my eyes as he's doing that. And, and I guess what they say, you know, you start watching them, you know, if you're not careful, you'll see your eyes start darting back yeah. and forth, watching the colors. Um, you're never going to catch them because they're all out here. You know, on the periphery, but and he says, Yeah, he says, There's nothing wrong with you, you're fine. And ever since then, it's like, Okay, fine. It's just certain music I can't listen to, like heavy metal, that that scream rock stuff. Yeah, my kids grew up listening to it and I hated it, but, and they didn't understand why. And I, you know, I told them because it gives me a headache. And I explained to them why it gives me a headache, and now they understand. But yeah, but it, it's it's a good thing because if I'm stuck, if I'm sitting here and I'm stuck and I don't, I can't come up with a how I want to paint something. I'll just put music on and close my eyes because I don't want the, the the like if I'm watching the screen. Of course, there's the other stimuli of you watching something else. So I'll just close my eyes and watch the colors. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Okay. That's a nice color. Let me see if I can get that. You know. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, I, I think I'm correct in saying that you you have. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm just just going. I'm just going to say it because I, I don't know the correct way of putting it. But you you have an Indian heritage. I'm Apache. 
My mother's Apache. My father's yeah. uh, part Apache, part Mexican. Now they're very, uh, very creative, um, or so I, I, I sort of thought. Um, I get the impression they're a very creative uh, people. I, well, it depends on how you're, you're raised. I mean, I was raised by some of my elders to, to like right now it's raining outside. I'll take inspiration from that rain, you know? Yeah. There, I'll sit and watch it and take it. And anybody can do it. I mean, it's not just, just my people or, or Native American people. It's just, you know, it depends. You know, I, I mean, if it's the way you're raised. I mean, I've known some yeah. Native I've known some brothers in Native Americans are douchebags, you know, they just, you know, but, you know, it all, and, and, and the same goes with anyone else. And it just depends on how you were, you were raised. Wow. Is it lightning there? Yeah. Yeah. It's raining pretty good. <laughs> wow. I've, I've, you know, I kept seeing a flash go off yeah. in behind you and I thought, oh, he's, he's drawn the curtains and, a, you know, some, it's, no, just, they're, they're, just they're, they're open. it's open. It just got dark real quick because it'll, it'll blow over. Oh, so you haven't actually turned all the lights out. That's just gone dark. Yep. From you, the, you can't, uh, yeah, uh, just to explain to everyone that's uh, listening, uh, Gil is in, in his, his studio. And uh, when we started, it was all lit up. And you could see the back of the wall and everything. And um, all of a sudden, I've noticed it's gone pitch black. You can't see nothing. Um, and uh, there's this flash that keeps going. It's the weather. I thought yeah. Gil had turned the lights out, and um, oh, that's incredible! You see that you can see the flash every now. Yeah, and then. yeah, I can see the flash yeah. every now and then. There's a flash, and I could hear. I could hear like uh, I. I thought there was some sort of uh, dustbin no. lorry outside. That was <laughs> no, it's, it's it's raining pretty good. It came down really hard. Um, we're supposed to have this the rest of the week, but it's it's uh it's actually green the sky. So yeah. Well, um, I, I don't think I've got any more questions, really, at this point. Um, Gil, John, do you have anything you want to ask? Not, not really. It's just about covered it all. No, I, I think... I, we hit all the topics I had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah brilliant. It's not very, yeah. I'm sure that what will happen now is we'll conclude and go off. And the minute we've got, we've got questions, <laughs> the minute I end stop broadcast, it's going to be damn. I should have asked that, should have asked that. <laughs> and, and that's that's what happens without fail. Um, Gil, you've been absolutely amazing. Um, I, I you, have had the pleasure of interviewing you before um and uh i look forward to doing it again you're always very interesting to interview um and i highly recommend uh that you go to gill's uh channel he's got a few um uh, red dragon model works on on facebook there's uh well red dragon model works and the parentheses hangout that's the community on facebook um then i have the styrene syndicate that's on facebook um and on youtube there's um red dragon model works i don't use the styrene syndicate page anymore so much on youtube it's just too much to have to deal with and yeah. the same uh, on instagram is red dragon 62 so those are the ones that the ones that i'm i'm, I'm keeping the rest of them you know they're just too many yeah you know so, so um yeah 
you can get in touch with Gil um, via any of those links. I'll, what I'll try and do is I'll, I'll write them in the description on the podcast. Um, go along, have a look. He's got a hangout on a Friday night, uh, um, 7, 7 p.m. Yeah, Central uh, here in the U.S., 7 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. in the U.K., yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, the boys will. If I don't do it, some one of the the moderators will do it on a Saturday, yeah. um, anywhere between three and six p.m. Central, um, and then during the week they'll throw one up here and there, you know. Um, but those are those are usually not live. The live one is Friday and Saturday. So. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a great uh, atmosphere. Jump in. Um, yeah, know. everybody. Welcome. It's not a closed uh, environment like you know some some places yeah. can be. Um, anybody's welcome. It doesn't matter what you build. It doesn't matter your skill level. Um, it's just a camaraderie of you know men and women yeah. sitting down and enjoying the hobby, whatever the hobby is to you. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Um, so um, thanks a lot, Gil. Thank you very much. It's been a great uh, pleasure. Um, John, Josh. Mark, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, you know. And good luck, with, good luck with the podcast. Good luck with it. Yes, and uh, we've got other people lined up coming on. Uh, I believe Will Patterson is going to be on. Um, I'm not sure whether he's going to be next. Um, I need to speak to him over that. We've also got Tiny Admiral in the lineup, mm -hmm. um, which is Mick Doherty, if I said that right. Um, he is going to be our ship specialist, and that's uh, SHIP. <laughs> so I don't want to <laughs> getting that wrong, sending in odd questions. <laughs> yeah, so the ship specialist. Um, okay, uh, and, and that really closes it for today, I think. Um, and anything anyone wants wants to add, or any anything they want to announce? No, not really. Just apart from thank Gil for joining us. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Brilliant. It's uh, I, yeah, I, I love it. I love talking to Gil. I love looking at his videos. His work is phenomenal. Um, Anyway, so thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, don't forget, we're bi-weekly, so every other week. Apologies for the one that came out uh, yesterday, which would have been the 29th of June. Uh, the file was corrupt on episode three, so I had to put in episode four. Um, we will redo episode three at some point and drop that in. Uh, but unfortunately that uh, has been lost. Um, I've uh, changed the method slightly now so that uh, in future, if, if uh, a file does become corrupt, I've got a backup that's being held uh, in a cloud somewhere. Uh, so it shouldn't happen again. Um, so apologies for missing that. Sorry, my mouth is dry. It sounds like I'm slurring, but my mouth's all dry. <laughs> we understand. That's vodka. We understand. <laughs> it, yes, it, it is, but my mouth is... Uh, I'm not going to say anymore because I'm just going to dig myself into a bigger hole. <laughs> okay, so uh, thanks a lot. 
and bye for now and we will see you next time bye Goodbye. Goodbye. bye all right i'm gonna i'm gonna